We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Hi, I'm Dan Krinas from the Leader of Learning podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN. Follow the hashtag Principal PLN or at Principal PLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at principalpln.com. Hey, everybody. This is episode 103 of the Principal PLN. Can you believe it? 103. Oh my goodness. And people yes. are still listening. <laughs> yes. So we've got just Teresa and Jessica here today. How are yes. you doing, Teresa? I haven't chatted with you in a while. I know. I feel like it's been forever. I'm great. We are uh, we are on the last week heading back in to uh, with staff. So because um, in Michigan, we start, most of us start after Labor Day still. This is our last year starting after Labor Day. Thank goodness. Um, but we had freshman orientation last week, which is one of my favorite days because there are 460 super excited freshmen coming in and they are, they are ready and raring to go. So that was a great, a great thing. We're implementing a new BYOD program starting with our freshmen this year. So that was a new, uh, a new initiative we've got going on. We have some new instructional coaches in our instructional designers in our district that um, we've been doing some PD with. So it's been, it's been really awesome. We had Rick Wormelli come in. Oh, cool. Yeah. For standards-based grading. And then we got to see John Hattie the next week. I mean, we have like, we've been on, I know 
we've been in like super PD and it's been amazing. It's like, it's like a um, summer's worth of conferences in a week and a half. It's been fantastic. So, and that's for all of your staff, like yeah. your staff saw Hattie. Anybody who wants to come. Whoa. Anybody who wanted to come. Yeah. It was phenomenal. So we, um, yeah, so we, uh, we jumped in and, and so now this week, wait we a second, did your district pay for your staff to see Hattie? So our, the, our intermediate school district, which is like a RISA or a, a, I don't know what they, what they are in different places in the district, but our group of our County has the group of districts that are within it and they brought him in. Wow. And so they offered X amount of seats to the surrounding districts um, up to like, I think we had 350 people total. So Hattie, for the most part, was admin, instructional designers, and our early literacy because his talk was on like K3 literacy. Okay. So that was, we brought our district admin and then um, most of our K3 people. And then um, when Wormelli came in, it was teacher leaders and anybody else who wanted to come in and be a part of it. And we've got a micro-credentialing course that we're doing um, throughout the year that's part of our professional development. We have a lot of personalized PD in the district. So this was one of their options was to do that and then do more like coffee and conversations based on the book, doing a book study. Um, so we've been doing that this week. We're back with our symposium, which is a uh, like an, the second half is like an, um, like an ed camp. And then the beginning is presenters from the district. And then we've got, we've got stuff going on all week, first staff meetings, and then the kids come back on Tuesday. So it's been, we've had a football game. Uh, we're, we're in it just without the, <laughs> without the school part. So <laughs> we're, we're two football games in. Yo, look at you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No time to waste here. That's right. So how's it going with you? Good. So I just finished up last week. We had three full days with our new teachers and the third day we brought in the mentors. Um, and this is the first year that we've done three days and it was, I just feel like it was our best start and we heard such good feedback from our new teachers and it was just, it was, it was awesome. I'm on a high from that. Um, everybody comes back tomorrow. Um, you can see I'm in my office today. You are. <laughs> oh my gosh. You don't even see like, look at the piles of chaos back there. Like there's a table under that stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure when we were, when we were prepping for those listening, when we were trying to figure out a time to do this, um, we, we offered Saturday or Sunday and I was like, you know, Sunday would be best for me. And Jess is like, okay, no problem. I'm in my office all day. So just let me know what works. And then we sent a time this morning. She's like, yep, not an issue. I literally have 8 billion things to do. I'm pretty yep. sure that was the exact terminology. I have yes. 8 billion things to do. So just let me know when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but I have to tell you, I was really good. I went home on Friday night and I vegged out with Parks and Rec on Netflix. And then yesterday um, was my husband and I, it was our 17th anniversary oh, and I did nothing school related. Um, we just had a great day. We went out for dinner without our children. What? Yes. And I must confess the babysitter was Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, they probably didn't even leave their computers to go to the bathroom in the time that we were gone. You so they knew you were gone? I I don't even know. And when we came back, like they hadn't eaten food either. We're like, oh my gosh, whatever. This Fortnite okay, you posted the school side of Fortnite Detox starts Monday. <laughs> Honest to God, oh. like there are going to be children shaking, I, like you know what? going through serious detox issues. My children, like my son is going to be nine next month. And I, 
I am probably the only parent on earth that has not let him yet go on Fortnite. You're the smartest parent. Well, I don't know. It has been the biggest, <laughs> the biggest struggle to keep because his cousins are allowed to do it and everyone who's oh. on it. And I like, I refuse because he gets really, um, he gets super involved in things. And mm -hmm. I know that this is going to be. There's, there's like, I don't, I don't get it. Like there's like crack that comes through the bandwidth for that game. I don't, but you know what I, I will tell you, I told my son, so he, he also has, I think I've talked about his YouTube channel and I'm trying to understand this game. And I told him next weekend, I will play Fortnite with him and he can record it to like be a funny video of like a mom learning how to play Fortnite. Um, yeah. But then come the school year, yes, we're that computer is getting so limited and he's going to have issues. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, my kids like their YouTube channels. My daughter's is mostly making slime or some sort of life hack that she loves to find and create and redo. But Jacob's um, big ones, which I don't know that he's even gotten to publishing any of them, but he loves to, it was Minecraft was the big one. Like he loves to set up the little, like my podcasting stuff with the, like the green screen things with the little mm -hmm. iPhone folder holder and the mic. And he likes to do instructional videos on Minecraft. So oh, yeah, maybe, that's what, yeah. yeah maybe once we get a little bit further, I'll let him do the ones. <laughs> So I have to share, I just tried a new tool with my staff. Yes. Um, I, and I've been seeing everybody talk about Flipgrid forever, but I just, you know, it was one of those things on my list of I'll try that someday. Um, and when I was at the National Principals Conference, I attended Eric Ewald's session and he made us do Flipgrid. Thank you, Eric Ewald. Um, and I was like, this is so easy, so simple, such a great way to connect. So I started um, a Flipgrid page um, that I want every single staff member to just make a little intro of themselves. You know, I'm so-and-so, I teach this, something interesting about me is this, and I'm so excited about this this year. That's my goal for it. And then um, at open house, I will have a smart board out in the hallway with it up so that parents and students can check it out. And I'll have, you know, a little handout of the link and QR code so they can check it out at home. Um, but I have to tell you, like learning the process, it looked different than when, I was at the conference, so then I found a, another teacher and we were trying to figure it out. Um, and then I recorded a screencast for my teachers of here's how you do it. And so I'm pretty proud of myself. Those of you who are proficient in Flipgrid, you're probably laughing, but I'm super excited. It's just another way for um, you know staff to be able to build a connection with our parents and students and you know if community members want to see that. So. You know what? I love that idea so much. I was going to share something else and I will in a second, but I love that idea because we struggle at the high school level. We're on trimesters. And so we have five, we have five classes per try at the high school level. There's 71 minutes each. So three tries, they've got 15 classes and realistically, you know, English 9A and English 9B will likely have different teachers with them. So we get to open house. It's an hour and a half. And parents are trying to get around this, you know, 500,000 square foot building, finding all of their child's teachers. And they don't usually get to, they don't usually get to see their second and third trimester teachers until conferences, those trimesters, and those are halfway through. So that is really a phenomenal way for us to be able to allow parents to at least put a name to a face 
and almost like a personality just because you know it's so different when somebody's talking and you see a video mm -hmm. of them speaking that's a great i think i'm going to bring that up that's awesome um the other thing i wanted to share about flipgrid which i thought was so cool so i mentioned earlier that we had instructional designers this year and this was a new position that we hired um they all i think they were all they're all from in the district they were teachers um in the district and when we did the interview process, one of the teachers who interviewed for it had asked me to be a reference for him. And I thought, oh yeah, that's, of course, he's in our building, I'd be happy to. And um, his references were on a flip grid. Mm. And I thought that was super cool. Because Wait. he had us all, so he gave, he sent us a link and asked us to do like a minute, like under a minute video on why we thought, like what we knew about him and why we thought he would be great for this position. And so I got to see everybody else's references too. I thought that was so cool. That is brilliant. Right? That's it was really cool. awesome. I was like, wow. And I don't know, I, because I wasn't a part of the interview process, like hiring the instructional designer. So I don't know, you know, after it left us, but I thought that was such a neat idea. Like what an innovative way to do that. And what a great way, because you can, you can write a reference letter up and down and back and forth, but to get the energy that somebody has talking about, you know, how great you are at your job. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know what Flipgrid is, like you can totally um, change the settings. So like you have to approve people's videos that get posted. Um, you can allow or not allow people being able to comment on those videos. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many different settings that are in there and it's free for educators now. Yeah, it's great. We had, we actually had the first thing that we really used it for in our building. Um, I, I'll throw it right out there. I am not um, proficient in Flipgrid. I am not, but we have a lot of teachers who are. And one of our teachers was a Spanish teacher at the high school level and she would use it for like the speaking tests. Oh, right. Because yeah. there's so much anxiety that goes yeah. through that of having, so she would send the kids with their devices with, she'd check out a Chromebook cart and send them throughout the building, wherever they felt comfortable, then they could record their spoken, um, the part of their exam or whatever they were doing without that anxiety of being in front of the class or being in front of the teacher. I thought that was genius. Yeah, no, that's a good idea because then they can, they can redo it if they aren't satisfied with what they're recording to get your teacher. Yeah. There's, Oh my gosh. There's the ways that you can use Flipgrid is just endless, endless. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it is a great tool. And the fact that it's free now for mm -hmm. educators is just phenomenal. Yes. Very cool. I think a lot of that goes into our social emotional learning, doesn't it? Being able to redo things, not being anxious, standing in front of people. I yeah. yeah. So we were going to talk about social emotional learning today. And I don't remember how that came up, but like, that's the hot topic right now. And I can tell you in our school, um, it's, it's a huge focus right now. Um, and it's something that I know that we have needed for a while. And, you know, aside from, you know, just talking about it and me reading books and sharing with my teachers, we didn't really have the financial resources, uh, to put anything into place before. And this year we, um, are so fortunate with a, a, um, a foundation that we've, um, has taken us under their wing and we've gotten a lot of financial resources to be able to purchase a lot of things and invest in professional learning. So um, I'm super excited about that right now. That's really great. What do you, what are you looking to do? What is, so, yeah. so we are in, um, first thing we're part of a national cohort 
through the, oh my gosh, I'm not even going to get it right, but it's like a national trauma informed um, organization. And the, I went to the national conference last year, which was NatCon. Um, it was in DC area. And actually it wasn't, I wasn't actually at the conference. It was NatCon was there. And then there was a two day um, at the end of it, it. There were two days that we were there for initial training. Um, and it was, um, there were schools and like mental health organizations that were there as a part of that. Um, we, um, I purchased this book, Fostering Resilient Learners by Pete Hall and Alyssa, or no, Pete Hall and Kristen Sowers um, for all um, of our staff. Uh, great book, uh, easy read, Fostering Resilient Learners. We also got, um, <laughs> they have like these little trifold, like easy access of information. Um, we are sending a team of 10 people to hear him um, three days, like spread out so you can digest your learning, go back and do something with it and go back for another day of training. Great. We are implementing second step curriculum in our four-year-old kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, so all of our students will get second step curriculum, which um, it, it, it's just helping them um, helping them um, understand their emotions, be able to, you know, manage their emotions, um, building empathy. Um, we also are purchasing uh, zones of regulation. However, we don't have a solid plan with that yet because we don't want to confuse. We want to get second step solid before we add on another layer. Um, so we're not entirely sure what we're doing with that yet. And we are implementing the pyramid model in four-year-old kindergarten, which is basically like, um, it, it's way more than it, but it's like PBIS for the little kids. However, the training that staff are involved in, it is really, um, really training them on how do I react to a child when they're having a meltdown, when they're, you know, misbehaving. Um, and which, I mean, that is a huge component. How do we react? Yeah, because most um, of the time our reaction yeah. will one way or the other, right? It's going to calm yes. it down or it's going to explode. Yes. And when I went to the leadership training for that last year, which I was gone for an entire week in May at this training, seriously, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Um, it was so good. Yes. I was like, I don't even know how I made it through that end of the year. It's like having a baby. I just forgot. Um, but when I was in it, I realized this is so, so good that I'm having all of my um, my special ed paras uh, K-5 go through the training with our 4K staff um, just because it's so good in terms of how they react, how they respond to students. Um, I think that's it for me. Oh, we're also implementing Playworks. Which oh. is, I don't know if you've heard of it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, um, I kind of ignored it for a while when I would, you know, get emails or see things happening because I'm like, eh, it's just teaching kids how to play games on the playground. But it's so much more, too. It's about um, training um, your older students who want to be, um, can't remember what we call it, but they're little leaders or li uh, little co junior coaches. Um, so training them, they get training each month and they get to lead things on the playground. And so, um, we're super excited about that too. So, um, cool. yeah, yeah. We're, we're so lucky to have the financial resources for all of these things right now to get them going. Well, it's, I mean, that, but that's so much of what, you know, I think we don't realize a lot of times as a whole, 
you know, in education, how many resources there are out there because there are these these community groups who are trying so hard to spread the word and get this information out there. And the best way they can do it is through the schools, but we just don't, we don't know unless, you know, somebody that we know has the program or knows how to reach out to somebody. And then, you know, that's how we do it. But there are so many places that are willing to, to give funding or to, or to help train. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing, we have an attendance initiative. Um, that is not focused so much on, um, you know, you've been out this many days and whatever. It's it's changing, again, how we respond right. and being proactive. So um, maybe I could put a link in here of our of our action plan because it really shows like yeah. staff, staff, the expectation is that you're, you know, greeting kids when they walk in. Um, when they're when they're absent that, um, you know, on the second day, if you haven't heard from parents that you're reaching out to say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, we, we miss so and so. Is there anything I can do to help um, when they come back to school that it's not where have you been? It's I'm so glad you're back. Mm-hmm. Um, I re um, recreated our tardy slips in the office that are colorful and cute. They have our mascot and the, the top of the tardy slip says, we're so glad you're back. And then I eliminated the part of excuse or unexcused because why does the kid need to see that? Teachers can see it when they log into power school. It doesn't need to be there. Um, and at the elementary level, kids kids are late because their parents brought them late. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to, like, why do kids need to see that? Um, and then it just has the, the start time on there, like, just as a reminder. Um, and then um, the, we are we are focusing on um, really building relationships. So we have a pot of money that if you have a student who has been missing a lot of school, um, instead of like, you know, hanging this extra carrot of, if you're here this many days, we'll give you this. We are using that pot of money for teachers to invite that child to have a Subway lunch with them because it's investing time in them. Because if kids have a connection to their teacher, they are going to want to be in school. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's such a great idea. We, it just reminded you, reminded me of something um, that's new in our district this year, talking about the absences. Um, we have a, the, our ISD has started these and we, we literally just learned about them last week um, as a, as a large group, but they're, it's called a handle with care notice. I'm looking at the website right now. So um, it was an initiative designed to promote communication between local law enforcement and schools. When law enforcement is on the scene of an incident that was experienced or witnessed by a school-aged child, they'll find out what school the child attends and a handle with care notice will be sent to the child's school by the next day. Oh. Staff are encouraged to handle that child with care and look for potential signs that the trauma the child experienced is affecting his or her behavior or ability to succeed in school. If additional support for the student is needed, community mental health will assist in referring to other providers. You are strongly encouraged to view the videos below for more information on how Handle with Care works. But um, and so the the notice and referral form that comes um, is is rather vague. Um, so it has, and I'll share this link. Yeah, I want to see that. But it's it says, um, so the top of it, and, and you can, you know, anybody can look at this one. So we'll put the link in the blog post. But it talks about internal distress. So um, regression of previously mastered stages of development, anxiety, fear, and worrying about safety, increased distress. Um, these, are, these are things that the Handle with Care group will check off um, morbid thoughts, questions are drawing. So we don't know what has happened, mm-hmm. but they're going to give us these things that may, you know, um, 
emotional numbing, avoidance, separation, anxiety, extra clinging with the teacher or trusted as trusted adults, and then external distress, irritability, headaches or stomach aches, lack of energy or fatigue, um, physical harm to others or self, increased absenteeism, slipping on schoolwork. And at the bottom, it's a referral for additional support services. So it says, I would like to refer this student because this student has exhibited changes that prohibit regular school activities or exhibited changes for more than two weeks after the handle with care notification. Mm. Um, so that's a really exciting thing because I think that's, that's part of something that we really don't know of. Sometimes we'll hear, we'll hear outside, um, you know, that something happened. We're in a small community. You are too. I know. So a lot of times when things happen that, you know, the, the police department will call us and let us know, or the fire department will call us and let us know. But there are things that may happen outside of the jurisdiction of the city that yeah. we don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this. I hate that it's necessary, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I'm excited that, you know, it'll give us a little bit more of a heads up, especially, you know, that high school age kids, um, you know, it's a, it's a different beast up there because even, you know, elementary too, I remember with elementary there, you know, they don't always, but a lot of times, you know, when they come in, because you can see that they're physically upset, they feel comfortable because they're in the same classroom all day. You know, they have the same people around them. Um, high schoolers, they can get lost because they're in, Oh yeah. you know, they're, they're in five different classes. They're in lunch there. Sometimes they're on an online class or they're in a blended class or, you know, there's somewhere where they're not being seen by an adult or the same group of people. So um, I think that this will be nice to be able to give us an idea of who to watch for. Um, so last year, we two well two years ago, the first year that I was in at the high school, we had our um, our uh, sorry, my cat just jumped on the table. Um, <laughs> we had our um, uh, accreditation visit, right? So we had our reaccreditation, and they come. The team comes in. And they interview, you know, staff and students and community members, and they do all that stuff to it's through the advanced ed. So it used to be NCA, and so they come in, and and we're, you know, we're very proud of our of our school. We're very proud of how our staff interacts with our students. We're all the assistant principals are out at the at the doors every morning. You know, we really feel like we connect well with kids. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, we have this this group come in of of um, schools from around the, the state and the visiting team comes in and they, they do their two day site visit. And during the site visit, they interview 200 students just randomly at lunch, walking through the hallways and they ask them a, a set of standard questions. And um, one of the questions that they asked our students was, do you feel that if you, that you have one adult that you could go to in this building that you felt comfortable with if you were struggling or had an issue. And the overwhelming response was no. And that was like a kick to the gut for us. Because Our middle school, high school had a survey with that question too. And that yeah. one, we they also had that same Ugh. reason. It was like, I mean, it was crushing because mm-hmm. we really felt like, like, I mean, mm-hmm. we, I'm all day. I'm never in my office. I'm talking to kids all day long. They know who I am. Some of them have my cell phone number. Like kids are texting us. You know, I mean, they're like, I, this, it was crushing. And so we said, we have to do something about this because we're yeah. it's a very high achieving district. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, there's, it's, you know, the, the, we see it a lot with, with, low performing districts, right? We see a lot of, you know, when you have single family homes, when you have people who are in low SES areas, you see that a lot where you, 
you know that that's happening, but we don't realize that it happens in the high areas too, in the high SES areas where both parents are working, but they're, you know, they might be, they're making a decent amount of money, right? There may be only one parent is working. Maybe it, it happens everywhere. It's, mm -hmm. There is anxiety everywhere with these students. And so we, um, we went off of a, a school that is about an hour north of us who had, they called it wolf time. And so we, ours is hornet time because we're the, we're the hornets. And um, we created a time in our schedule that every Wednesday from 1010 to 1039, um, because what, and so part of the, part of this too, let me just go back is that this was our first year, mine and the principal, our first year in the building. And a lot of the feedback that we were hearing was there were too many interruptions in the class day, right? There's too many things for, there are fire drills, which those you can't really, you know, they have to be at different times of the day, but class meetings, um, especially class meetings, scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we said, let's try to, you know, two birds, one stone, and let's create this activity period that is 29 minutes every week except when we have an early release, which also fall on Wednesdays. So it is 29 minutes that we have Hornet time. And Hornet time is a social emotional learning time that happens with every student in the building. So we divided up, um, we divided up the building itself by grade levels. So our, our lower level, which we also, we, so I mentioned earlier, 500,000 square feet. We've got 450 freshmen, 460 this year. It's a big building. There's a lot of kids. We've got 18 plus, 1800 plus in the building. These kids are getting lost, right? We wanted to make the transition a little bit easier. So this helped too with our mentoring. So our link leaders, our link crew works with the freshmen all year. Um, so that helps that continuous um, mentorship with the students. And then the, and they're also with a teacher, but you are with the same group of 22, 23 students for all four years and the same teacher for all four years. I have a Hornet time class. All of our administrators have a Hornet time class. Um, the counselors all have a Hornet time class. Our support staff all have a Hornet time class. Every Every human being in the building, other than our secretaries, because somebody's got to be <laughs> answering the phones and keeping answering the doors during this 29 minute period has a group of students that we are with for four straight years and nothing happens during that time. You, we cannot be called on the radios. There is not an emergency that comes to us. We have one administrator who stays out of it. Um, so that if there is some sort of an emergency somewhere in the building, there's somebody who's available, but we all have students. I have a class who this year, they're juniors, um, but last year they were sophomores and I plan um, last year we did because it was, it was new. Um, we did a blanket, um, we did a blanket lesson for every class. And what we tried to do was we would do videos. So um, we had our students against destructive decisions. They did a video and then they created um, discussion points or questions. We had our connecting students do a video, which was so powerful. Our connecting group works with um, our special needs population. And that um, they worked on that. And then we had discussion points afterwards. We've done PowerPoints on organization, like videos on organization. We did a meet the staff video. It was like eight minutes um, just about meeting the staff. There are some weeks that we just have a study hall because there are some times that the kids just need to decompress or just hang out. This year we're incorporating some game days, you know, just days to like sit down and play cards with each other and the teachers and just time to 
hang around. But I, I worked with this, um, like I said, this other school in, in um, Clarkston, Michigan, which they're a year ahead of us. And so we've been trading um, and sharing lesson plans. And so this year we've created an actual curriculum for every grade level so that as they move up, they get, you know, we do social media with every group, but it looks different with freshmen than it does with seniors. We do financial planning, but it looks different with freshmen than it does with seniors. And so we've tried to incorporate all these things in this program. Now there's a ton of, there's a ton of kickback, right? Like some of the teachers just don't like it. It's a 29 minute period that they like they don't have to plan it. I plan it for them, but, but they, but they have to look right. at what you prepare for them, to, for them to prepare. Right. They have to feel prepared. Yeah. So that being said, um, but in our, in our, you know, the students are still getting used to it. It's first year we're, we're working out kinks, but um, what we found on a, on a high level is that, you know, I know my 23 kids really well now in that class. And so I can see when one of them's having a tough day, like when I'm walking through the hallway. Yeah. Right. And that is what this was for, was to be able to have them find a trusted adult that they knew well enough because we've, we change classes every 12 weeks, right? There's just not, there's not enough time to build a really great relationship in 12 weeks. They can build a relationship, but it's usually not, you know, one that they feel sometimes it is. Um, but this way they've got one adult all four years that they can go to. And if there's, there are some, there are some that the adult and the student just do not connect and we move them like mm-hmm. there. But I think I've had like three mm-hmm. out of 1800 kids. So yeah, not a deal. Um, but it's been, it's been really powerful and it's been powerful for our link crew too, because our link crew. Um, so link is a, is a program through the boomerang project, a lot like web, I think works for like, Um, elementary to middle school. And they are, there are about a hundred juniors and seniors that go through this training and they do all of these interactive activities with their students. And they work with them on the transition between middle school to high school and what that looks like. And, And so it's a, it's an upperclassman that they've all got each other's phone numbers. They can contact, they help with studying, they help. Um, and last year our link crew, um, which was super cool. They put together a dance at 29, I said, you have 29 minutes. Like that's all, that's all you have. They're like, we can do it. I said, okay. They put together a dance, um, in December or February for the, uh, for the freshmen, just for the freshmen. And they put together a trunk or treat uh-huh. outside during lunch. So all of the, the freshmen got to go out. They got a bag. We got bags donated from one of the neighborhood, um, grocery stores and the kids decorated the trunks of their cars, the link crew kids. And they went around, they got candy. And I'm telling you what, in October, those freshmen walking back in with huge bags of candy and big smiles in lunch was awesome because freshman, it freshman year can be so tough. And then the sophomores and juniors are like, wait a minute. Like <laughs> why do the freshmen get this? And we're like, what the, you know, like freshmen need a little love too. <laughs> like you got, I'm sorry about your luck, but it's been, it has been so neat to see what, to see the ownership that they've taken of this. Mm-hmm. And then we also put like our counselors, admin and counselors share a class. So I, my class is with one of the counselors because if I have to be gone at a training or whatever, there has to be somebody there and, and vice versa. We put our class meetings during Hornet time too. senior picture, senior, like the group senior pictures during yeah, Hornet yeah. time, 
the scheduling meetings, everything happens during that time. So it's also not taken out of the regular school day, any other day. So Wednesdays are just always different. And it's even worked okay for our um, special needs population, the ones that struggle with transitions and different schedules. Um, you know, they have a visual reminder that today's a Hornet schedule and it's a little bit different. It takes a little while to get used to it, but by the end of the year, they were doing okay. So um, it's it's been really powerful and it's not, it is in no way perfect. It is not finished and it probably never will be, but um, I'm really proud of what it's become. And I think, um, I think it's, it's helping. And you know what? If it helps one kid, like it's worth it, right? If it's yeah. one kid. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to share an idea that um, I plan to do a few times this year awesome. um, with my staff. And then I'll share the high school version of that. And this, um, I've done this before, but um, when I heard Lavana Roth speak this summer, which if you ever get to hear her, yeah. I heard her in three different sessions. Oh my gosh, the woman is incredible. Um, so I want to do this a few times throughout the year just to continue to emphasize relationships are so important. So in a staff meeting, um, having teachers give them a few minutes, list as list all the students in your class. Okay, you can't look at anything. You have to list them by memory. Okay. Um, okay, so just list the students in your class. Then list something that you know to be true about each of them. Okay, what do you really know about your students? Okay, Ooh. now, who did you miss as you were listing your kids? Oh. <laughs> How many kids did you forget, you know? Um, so then that lets you know if there's some students that you need to get to know better. And then if you didn't know something about that student, Okay, now what are you going to do to build relationships with them? And an easy one, um, you know, is a two by 10. So spending two minutes each day with them for 10 days to build that relationship with them. Right. Now, the high school version of this, um, and I've, I've heard similar things like, you know, where you list all the kids on the wall and you each put up a dot if you have a, a connection with them, yeah. um, which, I mean, that's a... a a familiar uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. She did a tweak on this of putting up the the kids on the wall in high school or middle school and teachers initial next to them if you have this student. So not if you have a connection, just if this is a student in one of your classes. Okay. And she said, there will be students that nobody initials next to because they just don't literally do not notice that child in their oh. class. Those That's are the kids that you need to find connections for then. Um, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I want to intentionally do this year. And I'm going to, you know, for myself, schedule out when I'm going to do this throughout the year, because, you know, it, we're so good at like talking about these things at the beginning of the year and then they just kind of get forgotten. Yeah. Um, and I want to continually make sure that that's like the center of our focus. That's awesome. That is, that's, that's very powerful. Um, I also just wanted to mention a few other things um, in terms of helping like teachers develop their understanding of where kids are coming from. Um, I've done this with my staff and then we did it with our with all our new teachers. Mm -hmm. um, it's a website called playspent.org and you go through a poverty simulation. It starts out where you have to pick your job 
Um, so you look at like wanted ads and try to decide what job you're going to get. And then um, once you start, you go through different situations, um, you know, it, and it takes you through like each day. And the goal is to try to make it through a month living in poverty. And um, like it throws out choices like your parent teacher conference for your child is tonight. But if you um, if you leave work to go to the conference, you're going to get a job strike or, you know, going through all of these types of scenarios. And it's really helpful um, for teachers to realize like, oh, um, you know, it's not that parents don't care. It could be that, you know, they don't have the gas money or it's a job strike or, you know, even when like the child is sick at school and the parent says they can't leave work, it's not because they don't care about their child. It's wow. <laughs> going to go against them on their job. So that, and that's free. That's a free website. Yeah. You've got to add that link. That is. Yes. I will put that in. Wow. Um, and then I shared this, uh, probably a few podcasts ago, I'm reading, um, the book, the fire within by Mandy Frillick. I don't know if I'm saying oh, that right. Yeah. yeah. Such an incredible book. And that one is really about, um, teachers who have been through trauma, either in their childhood or just in, in our jobs. And how do you take that trauma and identify the strengths that you build from what you have been through? Um, or she even says, you know, your superpowers that are from it. Um, so that's just an excellent book that I'm reading right now. Oh yeah. I think I need to read that book. That sounds fantastic. Wow. It's a lot of, know, that's a lot read? of information. We, I know we just, man, jam packed stuff in here. That's Boom. a mic drop right there. That's what that was. Yeah, I'm trying to look through my notes and see if there's anything else. Wow. Um, I think uh, one other thing from Lavana Roth, she showed a picture of like a healthy dendrite or no, a healthy neuron and a, a neuron that's been affected by stress. Um, and it's just like the actual picture of what a neuron looks like is so different from stress. And um, she had said, this can happen from just 10 minutes of chronic stress each day. And I can't remember how many days she said, but just think of how if that's one teacher in a high school student's day, like one class period that like stresses them out for a student that can be traumatic, that can like neurologically affect them. So wow. like all of our teachers have to be, all of our teachers have to be good for kids. Have you seen that? There's a, like, I know that elementary schools do a lot, you know, you like, um, experiments with plants and things oh and yeah you know the one about where you grow the two plants and the one you speak really nicely to and the other one you yell at uh -huh. you've seen that right yes yes and so the one that you speak really nicely to grows up to be this beautiful plant and the one that you yell at is all like like deformed and it doesn't grow and so there's a there's a a thing that says you know if if speaking nicely to plants can do this imagine what it does to humans and I keep, that keeps going back in my head. Like I keep replaying it because it just, it's so powerful that. Is there a good video clip of that? There's gotta be, there's gotta be. I'll have to look and see. It's yeah. more in like a meme, you know, yeah. where it just is just like words and a yeah. pretty picture. But um, I just think that's so, it's so telling mm -hmm. and something we forget sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and what it's like to be a teenager. Cause you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, being a teenager now, this is my, so I'm going to, I'm going to age myself right now. This is my um, 20th class reunion this year. 
So I'm 38. It's been 20 years since I graduated from high school. It's been almost 25 since I started high school. High school is so different than what it was when I was in high school. And the things that these kids are dealing with, I mean, I thought we were stressed. Nothing. Oh, yeah. And it's all documented on social media. Yeah, it's everywhere. You can't. We all did dumb stuff in high school. It just wasn't posted everywhere. It wasn't posted everywhere. And you know what? This, like, we've, I had a conversation with a parent once who said, you know, the, the struggle is, yeah, it's on social media, but like when, yeah, okay. Like people talk about it, right? Because we used to, you know, you used to call your friends and, and, you know, you hear people talking about it. The difference now is when you went home from school, you could escape it. Mm-hmm. right? Like you hear people talking or you're getting in a fight with your friend or whatever. You could go home and go into a book or watch TV or just get away from it for a little while. It doesn't go away with social media. Mm-hmm. It is always there. So if people yeah. are posting things or saying things or they're trolling and each other on Instagram or sending so amplified, it is amplified. And, and it, and there's no, I mean, think about, Think about whenever you get yourself into a situation where you're super stressed out and you just have to walk away. There is no walking away. And the way that, you know, I, I find it too, is there sometimes, no matter what's going on, I can't, I can't get out of it. Like I cannot, there's a text message thread that's not, you're like, I just need to put this down, but you can't, you feel like you need to see it through. I can't walk away because they're going to know I'm not responding anymore. There's no escaping it. And I think that we need to understand as educators that that is always there like as a baseline Mm -hmm. and then on top of it our kids are expected to come to school and learn and be respectful and be responsible and then we're yelling at them for forgetting to charge their chromebook Mm -hmm. right like and, and it's not just the social stuff. There's a ton of other things going on at home and it's different in every community. But I, I think we need to, we need to pull it back that, you know, just like, just like we say that, you know, lawmakers who sometimes, not always, but lawmakers who make laws haven't ever taught in a classroom, but because, you know, we went to school, we know how school should be done. Just because we were in high school doesn't mean we know or in elementary school or in middle school doesn't mean we know what these kids are going through because it's so different. And I think we, we have to, as leaders, we have to, to start adjusting that lens for our staff and, and helping remember, you know, this part of the reason we all go back to school, right? Continuing education to remember what it's like to be a student. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't, I mean, doesn't that change your, your vision when you're in a master's class or you're in a doctoral class and you're like, oh, I forgot what it was like to have a job and do homework. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's, and then you're, and then you're a little more lenient on your kids sometimes because you're like, you know what? I get that you have to work 30 hours a week to help support your family. Like I'm in it. Right. So just helping remember that we'll have to find that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I think we have shared enough information. <laughs> I hope people are still listening. Uh, I will say, I hope one of our future podcasts is going to be on book snaps. We talked about that once last year, but it has come up again and, um, Tara Martin, I think we'll be ready to to get on with us at some point so we can chat about that. Awesome. Awesome. Let us know if there's anything else you want us to have on a future podcast for a topic or anybody we should bring on. Let us know. All right. Have a great start to your year, Teresa. Thank you. And enjoy when the students come back. Yay. Woohoo. All right. Principal PLN out. Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at principalpln.com.
There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E. 